welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi, I'm Colin Hung with Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to be sitting down with Malachi Amine, who's the founder and CEO of Trade Health. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And Dr. Laurel Williams, who's the medical director for the centralized operational hub of the Texas Child Mental Health Care Consortium. You got it. It's nice oh. to meet you here today. Thank you for being here. Now, I'm excited because you just got off the stage here at Vibe and mm -hmm. you were talking about something that's very important. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, what we're talking about here is that you know, we have a huge mental health crisis in the U.S. Correct. And there's been a lot of different ways to address this problem or attempt to address it. But in your talk, you spoke about this unique approach that you're taking in Texas. Yep. Can you share a little bit about that with our audience? Absolutely. One of the things that's been so fantastic about what we're doing in Texas is we're actually working together. Um, we have a consortium, uh, it's called the Texas Child Mental Health Care Consortium, and it consists of the 12 departments of psychiatry across our big state, along with several important agencies like the Texas Education Agency, the Health and Human Services Agency, several nonprofits such as the Hogg Mental Health Foundation, as well as the Meadows Mental Health Policy Institute. And together, our team is charged with developing programs that will help all children in our state, regardless of where they are. So it's really fabulous. That it, I, I challenge you to find another state that's doing something as cool as Texas is doing. And, and why, why is that your program, why has it been so successful? I think that really, honestly why it's being successful is you're getting people that are really um, dedicated and smart and their mission is to help children. One in four children have a mental health disorder. We're all in it for the same reason, to help children and families get better. But we were all doing it in our own separate silos, right? And so when you have your own silos, you just start to have your own group think and what you're gonna do for your team, yourself, those three, those you know, patients in front of you. But when we have to say we have a mission for the entire state, it allows for all the creativity across our programs to come together for that shared mission. So it's really about a shared goal that we have, even though we have so many different experts across so many different places. I mean, it sounds like a challenge to bring everyone together on the same page. Though. Herding cats? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, but you've managed to do it, which yeah. is amazing. It's I been think. pretty fun. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like it's because of you have that shared common goal that yes. really helps drive everyone towards it. Right. And so within the consortium, we have five different initiatives. The two that we've been speaking most today are about the Child Psychiatry Access Network, or CPAN, and the Texas Child Health Access through Telemedicine, or TCHAT. So CPAN is a consultation program for primary care physicians in office, calling me an expert within and get a call back within 30 minutes, so while the child's in office. And TCHAT is actually direct care, so it allows for us to help kids and families where they are. I sit at my place in Houston, Texas, but a lot of my family sometimes would drive up to four hours to see me for a one-hour appointment. If they can do that with their parent legal guardian signing consent, having the child go down the hall, be in a secure confidential room, have their parent come in to office virtually at their own workplace, sure. it really just helps us give the care at the right time, the right place. And the goal is to get kids better and help families learn how they can help their kids. And so it's just so fabulous that we can do that across the state. So whether you're in Lubbock, you're in Corpus Christi, you're in El Paso, you're in Dallas, Texas, you're gonna get the same service. It's fabulous. Amazing. Actually, that leads me to my next question. What technology is needed to support the work that's being done uh, in Texas? Great, thank you for the question. Um, so um, one of the things, so trade actually by background mm -hmm. is a uh, data collection, data analytics, and clinical workflow tool platform for behavioral health. Okay. It is patient-centered, 
Uh, so it um, follows the patient across the ecosystem of care. And it also is um, outcomes focused and it really is concentrated on collecting the right data and synthesizing it in order for clinicians to have more informed, uh, have the tools and the data that they need to make more informed decisions. So that is what TRAIT is by definition. Okay. Um, as Dr. Williams mentioned, the program needed um, a technology that would connect the entire ecosystem. And so we've done that. We've connected all of the primary care physicians into the public school systems, into the psychiatry clinics that are delivering the services on behalf of the programs. Um, and we have also integrated all of the institutions that typically, again, don't work together and their systems are really separate from each other, but now they actually have the same platform, they support each other, and they um, provide services consistently across the state, um, regardless of where they're sitting. So if um, University of, if UT Houston doesn't have a psychiatrist one day, uh, seamlessly this gets transitioned over to the Baylor College of Medicine for psychiatry support. Um, and it's also because it's an ecosystem platform, it's made it easy to transition across programs. So primary care physician, let's say a pediatrician has a pregnant teen at their office. Um, they would contact CPAN for some support. So they will initially maybe receive get a call from the Texas Children's Hospitals, um, child and adolescent therapists, and they provide some support and some resources for that you know, 16-year-old pregnant teenager. But seamlessly, without the primary care even knowing it in the back end, uh, then that call gets transferred over to um, a reproductive psychiatrist sitting at Baylor College of Medicine in order to do medication management for a pregnant woman. Um, so it's made it really easy to deliver a universally, a consistent statewide program um, connecting all of the ecosystem. And when you, you mentioned before, you're gathering uh, information from the different stakeholders in mm -hmm. the ecosystem. What kind of information are you gathering together in order to provide to the uh, folks who are providing the care to these patients? We're a state-funded program, so we, we obviously have multiple stakeholders. So to your point, like data needs to be utilized in multiple different ways. One way is with that patient, the clinician, the family. That's one data point that we need to have data. And so talking about what is it that would be helpful to PCPs, so we actually need to ask those stakeholders, what would you find helpful information? And the same thing for families, what do you find helpful? What would be information that's helpful? That's one set of stakeholders. The other set is, of course, the state agencies. They want to know how we're doing so we can keep track of that. For example, we have over 10,000 providers in our CPAN network to date, and we're growing. We, our goal is to, get, to enroll every primary care provider in the state of Texas, right? Um, so we can sort of say, here's the primary care providers, here's where they're enrolled, here's how often they're calling, here's what they're calling about, here's what kind of help we provided them. So then on the back end, we can go back and say, hey, we're getting a lot of calls about how to help kids who are having an eating disorder. Well, let's create some educational content for people that so they learn more about eating disorders because part of CPAN's job is to help primary care providers do as much as they can in their own offices so they don't need to refer to a specialist. There's a shortage of mental health providers that we're not going to get ahead of for the next 20, 30 years. So we need to make sure, and I'm serious when I say the next 20, 30 years, we need to make sure that we can upskill everybody in the system to do their part and participate. And that's what CPAN does. Teach at same thing. We need to know how many schools are in, enrolled, what they're what they're referring the child for, so we can um, help those children where where they're located to make sure that we're providing equitable care. That we don't want to recreate inequities in our service delivery model. We're pleased to say at this point that we're really on point with 
the children that we're providing services for match up very nicely with the demographics across the state. So we, we're constantly using that information to make sure that we're doing a good job. And then of course, we have uh, now over 500 independent school districts in Texas who've enrolled. There's about 1,500 to go potentially. Um, and then we have over 2,000 individual campuses where this is available to them and about 2.5 million children that can have access to this um, state-funded service. So we wanna know what are we getting referred for, how long is the service, what service providers did they need help, and then also that issue of measurement-based care, not just like, did we see you, but are you getting better? Like at the end of the day, I'm a clinician, I actually wanna help you get better, and if I can't know that I'm getting you better or not, that's not a win for the parent, for the child, or the state. So we actually are looking at that information as well, we have some preliminary data that is looking promising that regardless of your age, race, or gender ethnicity, we're getting your better if you have moderate or severe depression. And that makes me feel better as a clinician at the end of the day, but it obviously will help all of our various stakeholders know that we're making and providing a high quality service. So it sounds like your system, your platform is bringing all this data together in order to enable the clinicians and all the different folks to close this loop, mm -hmm. both on the front end to, to know the assessment and on the tail end to know that they're getting better. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So Trace by um, just as, as a foundation is a measurement based care platform in behavioral health. And it is uh, providing the data and the tools that clinicians need in order to improve the care at every patient visit and to be able to assess patients um, accurately. Um, in in Texas, but also as a platform, we have streamlined that process. Currently, all uh, the assessments are done on a set of questionnaires in behavioral health, and those are many times still on pen and paper and have not been streamlined. Um, and so actually last week I was talking to a primary care physician and I asked her, where do you store the PHQ-9A information? And she is, and PHQ-9 is the uh, measure for depression. Okay. So she just opened a drawer and said, I put them here. <laughs> so she's collecting the data manually, scoring it manually, and then making a decision on that basis. And it makes it very difficult to track over time, obviously. And it has to be repeated over time. So that's one thing we've done. We have a large library of these uh, standardized measures that we have automated in terms of um, data collection. So it's, it's seamlessly sent out, receives the data through uh, patient-facing applications and also secure uh, connecting points from other types of ecosystem required entries. Um, and it scores them automatically and it can even schedule them ahead of time to be resent for continued progress measures. Um, and it also enables the program to measure progress over time. Um, there are a couple of other things we've done. So for us, uh, measurement-based care goes beyond just those, um, you know, the actual questionnaire and the single visit uh, between a clinician and a patient. Um, when a patient is sitting in a clinic, they look different from what they are when they are at home or when they are at school or when they are what they're telling their primary care physician or even things they have in their own life that no one can observe. It's their own life experiences. Um, there is a lot of evidence and it's very important that that information is collected um, to enrich that conversation between the clinician and the patient at the time of visit. So it's not relying on that one data point. And it brings in a lot of information that is collected in between patient visits. So it gives a much better, much richer set of data uh, to the clinician. Um, another component is, uh, which is proprietary to trade, is really looking at behavioral health uh, from a broader perspective. The symptoms in behavioral health are impacted by a number of other 
uh, factors, medical conditions, sure. life challenges, those are all impacting behavioral symptoms. So the trade application collects over 750 different factors and is intelligent to synthesize that information, create connections between um, the medical medical symptoms, behavioral symptoms, life challenges, including uh, social determinants of health, and then synthesize that information for clinicians um, and create a 360-degree view to, in, um, to help or to you know, provide the clinicians with the tools they need to make a more informed diagnosis and treatment decision. So how do we take what you've done in Texas and scale it so that more people can benefit from it? Yeah, so one of the things that I think was really important about why Texas is being successful in this space has been that there was a collaboration from the outset. And in point of fact, um, even before I came in to be with the consortium, the department chairs had been meeting um, on their own separately every month to kind of talk about how can we work together. I think we just realized that you know, all of healthcare is fragmented in, in, in the United States. This is not a unique situation for Texas, right? So if we can really talk about, let's get us ourselves out of our silos and figure out where we can have commonalities. Um, but the, the biggest nudge was around the legislation. So this is the other process I would say, is like working with your legislation because they were able to create the consortium, create the infrastructure for it, um, create the um, financial backing for it so that the teams could all come together for a shared and common purpose. So if other states or other organizations are looking to do something like this, it really is bringing all those stakeholders together, talking it through, and then really, particularly if you wanna have something that's like a state sort of process, you obviously need the state to get in engaged and involved with it. So that's been to me what's been really fabulous. Every single one of the teams that we have in Texas, the departments, the, the, the health agencies, they're all in it for the right reason. So it makes it fun to go to work every day because we all really have the same goal in mind. Nice. And that's really, I mean, you don't always have jobs like that, right? But when you do, you're like, ah, oh, this is great, that's right? Great. So we have this shared mission. Final question for both of you. What advice would you give to someone who's maybe listening or watching this, who really wants to start addressing the mental health issues in their community? What would you recommend to them on how they could get started? It's actually interesting, the question. Um, and I, one of the things I would really be careful about is you get really excited about an idea and you like start thinking, oh, I'm gonna create something. Well, the very first thing you actually should do is listen. Because if you go out into community, you're gonna find that there's probably already people doing stuff in this space. Right. And maybe you know something in your hot stuff, but maybe you're you know, medium stuff. So if you can partner, then you make, you know, it's like Transformers, right? You sure. make it bigger and you make it better. So I actually would say one of the lessons I learned, I had to kind of learn more than once is what I'm kind of saying it, is go out and talk to people because you're going to find that there's already people doing cool things. And, and you know, so again, I can think of that, this kind of conversation when we first met, she was like, wanted to tell us about the platform and I was not as interested because <laughs> I thought we already had a solution to it, right? Um, so, you know, being using the two ears that you have versus the one mouth, I actually would say that it's that piece because there's lots of people doing a lot of work in this area and we could all amplify it if we work together. Amazing. Yeah, and actually, my, I, and I also expand on that. I think there are um, a number of thought leading pioneering activities that are going on, but I think the statewide program in Texas is pioneering something that is really scaling and addressing the problem at a much larger scale. Um, 
talking to the experts, talking to those that have implemented this um, is going to be an important factor as well. And I think uh, we saw during the pandemic how quickly agencies and private sector work together to um, get a drug out and to get a vaccine out in nine months in right. order to contain that uh, emergency. We can see now and we hear from the Surgeon General uh, consistently that the mental health crisis is the number one public health issue in the United States. It is a crisis. It is an urgent need. Uh, and it would be great for the, the public agencies, the government, the private sector to really come together the way they did during the pandemic to address this issue as quickly and as broadly as they can mm -hmm. um, in order to achieve similar results. They contained this mm -hmm. pandemic in the, the way they did because of the, uh, the collaboration and because of the fact that they really saw the urgency and implemented fast. Absolutely. Where can people go to find out more information about both your organizations? Well, um, the Texas Child Mental Health Care Consortium is a mouthful, but if you write it down, it's, and uh, I Google it enough that I can, it, it comes, it'll pop up in a Google search. So honestly, okay. um, if you just do Texas Child Mental Health Care Consortium, you'll find us. So we have our, our landing page and we talk about our five different initiatives. And if you're actually looking for a JOV, you want to come to Texas, we've got positions available across the state. So we're excited to partner with people. Well, great. And we have, you know, you can look at our website, trade.health, and uh, there's a lot of information about what we do and especially consistent with some of the work that we do in Texas. You can really find out more about how we can also um, enable some of the programs if you're interested, if anybody's interested to um, create similar programs, we're really happy to help. And that's trade, that's T-R-A-Y-T. Dot health. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. That's correct. Well, thank you to both of you for being on our program today. I loved all the information you shared with me and educating me on this wonderful program you created in Texas. Cool. Thank you so much. much. Thank you for having us. We had fun. This has been Colin Hung with Healthcare IT Today. Thanks for being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed being part of it, we want you to go give us a review, rate, and subscribe wherever you're listening and watching this. Also, head on over to healthcareittoday.com for new resources and interesting insights. Again, I'm Colin Hung with Healthcare IT Today. Thanks for being here.